Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thanks to everyone for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast, to our amazing sponsors and our incredible listeners. Thank you for your support. If you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. We have two other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network. We'd love you to check them out. One is called The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. And One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. You can follow us on all of our social media platforms or check out our websites. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, for information on subscription boxes and on upcoming events and workshops. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Truly honored and humbled about the podcast today as I get to speak with active duty Marine and designated combat artist C.J. Bauman. We're going to chat about his incredible creative journey and how art is such an important part of his life. Also going to talk about his active military career and what the future holds. Make sure to stop by his site on Instagram at C.J. Bauman. That's C-J-B-A-U-M-A-N-N underscore art. Let's welcome C.J. Bauman. Dude, my setup is not as fancy as <laughs> Well, I do this a little bit, so. And it's yeah, past. Let, let me grab some, I'm going to grab some headphones. Cool, 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 cool. I played it on having like some fancy backdrop or whatever. And last minute I was like, hey, I'm just going to blur the background. <laughs> well, I actually use images um, from, and we'll do like a little promo videos. Like one of my business partners will probably listen through and find some key moments and do like little 30 second video things that we'll put on like Instagram and stuff. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. Backgrounds. It doesn't matter. I actually kind of like it. It's kind of cool that way. Give me one second, sorry. Yeah, no worries. <clears throat> can you hear me still? Yep, I'm good. Can you hear me? Wait, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, well, I'm recording, man. <laughs> good. We're rolling. Good. Um, thank you, CJ, for doing this. Because, uh, you know, when I was introduced to you through Kristen, um, I've always been kind of fascinated, you know, this, I always like to say at the beginning, like, this is your platform. So like this conversation can go anywhere, but this is, you know, this is about you. Um, but you're a combat artist and I've always been fascinated by that. Like, I, I think, you know, when we chatted the other day, um, I actually know, well, two, um, uh, Mike Fay, who, you mm -hmm. know, Right. And um, now I'm totally spacing on his name, but, uh, but it, I think Mumford. it's, yeah, Steve Mumford, like um, yeah. who's actually a friend or a, a husband of somebody I went to high school with. And, but Faye was, was military and you're military, mm -hmm. but Steve was not. And so like, to Correct. me, they're like, there's some interesting questions in that. And like one of the random questions I, and, and again, like I, I figured this conversation is going to go everywhere, which is kind of fun. Yeah, um, for sure. But I, you're, you are a Marine, correct? Are you still mm -hmm. active? 
Yeah, active duty Marine Corps. Yep. Okay. Is and maybe this is a stupid question, but do you, as a, as a Marine, obviously, if you're active, you would be embedded with Marines. But like, as as a a, a combat artist, like, would you ever go with like? a Navy or, or an army unit? I mean, is that, is that weird or is that? Yeah. Uh, so I just like, um, just a brief explanation, I guess. So the each, um, so each branch of the service, so the Navy, the air force, the army and the Marine Corps each have a kind of combat art program. Um, they all vary in shape and size. Uh, the Marine Corps prides itself in not necessarily being the biggest, but being the most um, authentic to the vision of what it means to be a combat artist. Uh, and so um, what we typically will do, so the Marine Corps is a department of the Navy. So, so it wouldn't be unfamiliar um, or out of place for Marine, if a Marine artist was say on a uh, on a Naval deployment, uh, a Marine expeditionary unit, he could, you know, he, the, the idea is that, the artist just captures whatever is happening around him, whether that's the, the boring nature of just being deployed and sitting around, or that's a, a very dynamic exercise, um, or if that's like no joke, a combat zone. Um, and so, yeah, and that can definitely be on, on, a, you know, on a ship um, with the Navy, but typically it'll be with, with Marines. Um, okay. So it's, and then the, the, the combat art, um, MOS, the uh, military occupational specialty, used to actually be a primary job. That has that's been away with for probably about a decade and a half, two decades now. And what uh, essentially what it is now is it's an additional MOS. And so, the Marine Corps, like in layman's terms, like, hey, cool, CJ, you've got a talent. Uh, We'll give you the 4606 MOS. And now you, you know, it's kind of like the stamp of approval, uh, but you do it like when you have time. So. And, you know, I fulfill my normal primary duties. And then if I have spare time, the Marine Corps then kind of supports me doing the artwork. It'll never really be my primary job um, unless um, unless I am deployed on behalf of the combat art program. So uh, this is kind of where you have you have been correct. Have you not been deployed? Yeah, I have. I have three times. Three times. Is that correct? um, Three, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so 2015 was when I got into the program, um, and I was fairly, fairly young. I mean, I'd only been in the Marine Corps for about a year, year and a half, and I had not, I had never heard of combat art even before. So, I think what was most exciting about um, me discovering this was that it, because when I joined the Marine Corps, I, I, I honestly felt like I was being led by the Lord, and this is where I needed to be. Um, but I, I felt obligated to leave behind my uh, artistic endeavors because I didn't think that being a full-time Marine and art would, could ever mix. Um, and, and really up until that point in my life, um, even in college, art was just a form of, um, therapy and just kind of a, you know, hobby type thing. And, and, uh, and it had its benefits. Um, but I never considered taking it seriously. And so it was just always just kind of this, um, you know, this, uh, hobby, uh, if, if you will, I'm sure there's better terms, but, um, so when I found out about the Marine Corps combat art program, this, the whole new door opened up. Right. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, like I can, I can like the Marine Corps will honor respect, maybe even like help me become a better artist. Um, and so I very much got turned on to what that was and what that meant. And up to that point in my life, I had never really, I'd never been pressured, never been taught, never really 
was was uh, introduced to this idea of um, observational illustration, observational sketching, uh, and. Mike Fay is that's all he's about, and and so when I and I'll never forget, and it kind of hurt my feelings, but it was a it was a good thing when uh when when I shot him some of my original work, which wasn't bad, but it was all uh, based off of photos, um, photos that either I had taken or I'd found online, um, and uh, and they were they were good, but he he in this long paragraph response email, the very very end of it was like, hey, you've got some potential, but you're a copy machine. And that's all you are. And, right. and like, and you just like, you need to change or you're, you're gonna, you're not going to be competitive or, or, or of any use. And that stung a little bit because I was like, I was like, well, I, but, but it looks good. Right. And he's like, <laughs> that doesn't matter. Like, because, because when you, and what he was getting at and he's, you know, intellectually, when it comes to evaluating art, he's way above me. And he was, you know, just saying, um, if you draw from a picture, especially when it's not yours, you don't, you don't have the essence of the photo essence of the scene uh, experienced or referenced to draw from, right? Cause um, the, the whole idea um, even in combat art, but just in, in observational illustration is that you are not only trying to capture visually what you see, but you're trying to capture the, the emotion and the experience. Um, and there's more to it. And, and I don't know how to explain it, but, and, and when, when a viewer, sees and can recognize that that essence um, is being captured in the artwork there's just something different like it, it, it just sets the artwork apart <clears throat> and mike Fay is a great example there's just some you know his, his artwork is not you know if, if we were to judge straight sort of quality his art is not the best in the world like in fact some of his looser drawings are not that good but what he does do that compensates for the detail and the, the accurate proportions or whatever is his ability to capture the essence of the scene. And so, you know, um, there's, there's just one scene I have in my head that he's, it's one of my favorites that he's drawn and it's of these Marines on a, on a patrol and they're, uh, they're, they're escorting this tank in, into, uh, I can't remember what town it was, but this is like 2005, maybe. Anyway, tanks rolling into a city and you got foot patrols just on the left and right flanks of this tank as it's walking forward. And he is, from his perspective, he's drawing from somewhere behind and, and you can just tell he was there. Like you can tell that the, the, the track marks he drew and the people he draw walking in stride and the tank, um, it was all captured on scene. Um, and, and he does a great job. And when, when he, when that just kind of clicked for him and he explained that, that was where I realized, okay, photos aren't evil, but, uh, but you gotta, we gotta learn to kind of get away from that because there's no real growth. There's no real, like I can't deepen my perspective. I can't deepen my appreciation, and and I'm gonna have a hard time bridging the gap between what I think and feel in this moment and and the audience being able to see and, and there's kind of potential of like uh, like a stress in that in in being in that moment too, which I think would probably mm -hmm. you know like you just said that that realness or something that when yeah. you're when you're there when you're looking at a picture. And again, like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with looking at a picture and redoing it, but like he, Mike's right. It is a copy machine when you're there, like just the adrenaline, the, the smells, the, the, the way you look when you're in an actual space is different than when you're holding up a photograph. And I do think that those things, like everything put together really activates you as an artist i'm sure like obviously i've never been in that situation uh but i mean i know just from like drawing observationally and when you know 
even when I take like students to a dance class, being in a dance class is different than watching it on television or looking at a picture of dancers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, again, like I always use that analogy, like <laughs> the space you're in, the smells, the, you know, it yeah. just, it does, it affects you as an artist. So, I mean, I think that's interesting, like how, how Mike brought that about to you, but you like, so you, you were at Texas A&M, correct? I did. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so you were taking random art classes, I, no, or not at all. No. You were just doing it on your own. I, yeah. Okay. So, so I, I actually, um, so it, we'll take 60 seconds and go back. So I, you know, I, like most people kind of grew up drawing and yeah. I don't know, fifth, fifth grade or so it was like, Oh, like see, they can draw and the teachers saw it. And, you know, so I always got the praise and the encouragement. Um, but no one ever told me in my entire life that, that being an artist could be a profession. And so it never once. I know that feeling. Sorry to interrupt, but I uh, truly know that feeling. I, yeah. I went to Ohio state and, uh, to play baseball and I wish I would have known that I could have been an artist. Like, it sounds really stupid that yeah. I, I didn't know you could go to school for art. I, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, but even then, like I found out, so when I kind of was leaning into colleges at the end of high school, you know, up until that point, it had, it had really only been uh, just an interest. And, and the fact that I was good at it and not in a prideful way, but like I recognized my own talent. So it just was this self-feeding, self-therapeutic thing. And, and, I, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I grew up in a very um, like wildlife centric home. Uh, we kind of, you know, we lived away from the city. Um, my, my family was involved in ranch management and some taxidermy and stuff like that. So I grew up around um, that in Texas. And so a lot of my original artwork was, was wildlife. And so um, Robert Bateman, I don't know if you're familiar with him, uh, is a, is a uh, really well-known um, Canadian wildlife artist. And I, I, if he's still alive, he's pretty old. He's like in his 90s. Um, but anyway, just, I, I adored him and I just, I bought like, I mean, I mean, I'm a, I'm a 10 year old kid and I've got this like $60 just art, like art album of him. And it was, you know, it, it, at a young age, this, the passion existed in me. I just didn't know how to like coddle it and mature it. Um, and, uh, and so anyways, going into high school, my, my art teacher saw the potential and they kind of sort of like, oh, you should consider art school. Uh, but, um, for one, it was too expensive. And I was the first one in my family to go to college. And so that kind of very quickly chopped it off the block. Uh, and then I got a few scholarships going to A&M, kind of already knew I was going to want to do the military thing. And, uh, and so A&M kind of naturally paved its, paved its way. And so while I was at A&M, I continued, uh, I, was, I was getting my degree in uh, wildlife and fishery sciences. And, um, and so the art just continued to be a side thing. And, and honestly, it turned into like a stress relief when it came to like finals and stuff. That's, so. I'm glad you mentioned that because like I, a lot of what we talk about, you know, with the abstract athlete is, is how art can help with anxiety and stress. And it's not, oh, yeah. it's not necessarily like, I always hate when people say art therapy, like art is therapeutic. Yes, yeah, so we know that, but what we're trying to promote and do, and which it sounds like a lot of what you did is it's proactive. Like you were doing it beforehand and you knew that this was actually a good thing. So stressors mm-hmm. would, it was just embedded in your ritual. hundred percent. Yeah. So, and, and, and- well, so I, I want to add to that because you're absolutely right. What I have recently discovered um, is the more that this, the more that this passion in me and this gift have really kind of matured and codified, I have found that as I kind of do some self-reflection, just how necessary it is 
for for me to do art now I, I i don't want to come across as this like weird like hippie you know dude um but, you're not going to offend me <laughs> <laughs> no but um but like there have been um you know if if i don't go if if, if i go two or three weeks of not being able to sit down and put pencil to paper, even if it's just a doodle, um, you know, and, and then on the opposite end of that, if that two weeks of absence of drawing is because of high stress tempo at work or whatever, it, it affects me. Like it affects my attitude. It, it, it agitates me. There's just this sub, this sub level of irritation uh, that occurs. And, and I'm not using that as an excuse. And like, believe me, like there's power and self-control and all those things. Um, but but when I do realize that and it kind of clicks like, okay, wait a second, I haven't drawn in a few weeks. I haven't been able to like, even just like pulling out my, my set of oil paints and just being able to like mix, just mix colors. Like there's just something about that. And, uh, and I found that when I do that, even if it's with no purpose, except just to, just to forget about the world and just, let me just focus on paint. Like, let me think about color. Let me think about mixing. Let me think about proportions, all the things that like, I just naturally want to do. Um, it it really does spiritually revive me and and i i know that sounds cliche but it it's true um and so i have uh it, it has become a point to where um my wife acknowledges it and she appreciates the honesty and she does a lot to help me kind of structure that but it's to the point to where um it's almost scheduled <laughs> to where like uh you know once or twice a week um after the kids go to bed if you know if we don't really have anything significant to talk about or um, if we feel kind of caught up on our personal relationship and our, and our marriage, um, you know, there's, there's the liberty to kind of step away for a couple hours at night and just, just crank out some sketches or whatever. So it's, it's, it, uh, it's definitely become um, a more integrated part of my life. No, I think, you know, I'm really glad you, you said that I, we, we, we kind of touched on that the other day when we were chatting, but I, you know, like I'm of the opinion that if everybody, everybody, and I'm not, I'm not just talking, you know, athletes or, or veterans or, or, you know, active military did something creative every day. I'm talking about everybody and 20 minutes, like you said, I just think we'd be, be a better society, like a really true. And maybe that's like this utopian kind of, you know, non-existent thing, but I really truly believe that I, you yeah. know, because I, I think that most people that actually take the time to sit down and do it, they know the benefits, they understand the rewards of yeah. what it does to you. And I just really truly think that it is something that needs to be pursued in a more ritual based way. Like I, you know, I think mm -hmm. with one of the things we talked about the other day, it's like, what, what if active military were required to do something creative every day? You know, just because being obviously, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not, I've never been in the, in the service or anything, but it has to be stressful. I mean, like life's stressful. I mean, I'm not just like placing that on, on yeah. anything, but it's like, yeah. you know, if, if the military put that in, in their ritual every day that, that people had to do something creative between, you know, physical activities i just think it would be like we would just be better people i don't i mean you know again i think that that's probably very, very utopian idea but i i truly believe it no I, I would i would i would agree um and i think the the two things that come to mind uh regarding that to to kind of show as evidence is that you know look look at all of the um civilized advances that have been made over the centuries right they've all come from 
just significant inventions, very creative inventions. And, and you, you, I mean, name an invention that didn't come from creative thought and a creative problems, you know, problem solving mindset. Um, and then the, the opposite of that spectrum, um, and I'm drawing a blank on the name of the book, but uh, essentially when you look at like the, um, like when communism kind of took over uh, the Soviet Union and when, when it kind of hit its apex of, um, I don't know, uh, like cultural death and cultural um, neutrality, it was the last thing, I can't remember if it was the last thing or the first thing, but it was, it was significant because when art and creativity were taken out of society uh, and everything was meant to be like, I, I mean, they, they like no joke, like statues, like creative statues and creative monuments were not allowed like they had, it was very boring, like, like dull colors, dull shapes. Um, and when, when that was imposed upon the USSR society, that was where they saw a decline in like the hope and the, uh, just the vitality of, of the culture. Um, and, and I, and I kind of butchered explaining that, but when I, but when I read that, it just really dawned on me because it's like, man, if you take out art, uh, or you take out that creative component of humanity um, you like you're you're taking part of the soul of of those individuals or that culture the the life the life beat the blood whatever however you want to call it. Um, there is something about that, and and I'm you know I'll even take it a step further. I, you know I kind of hold a biblical worldview, and and when I look at that, it's like you know there's a if if you if you look at life and you if you have a perspective of like everything seems to be designed or created, and then we take a next step and like we are designers and creators. It, it falls in line with just this idea that in so many ways, whether it's like very technical in the engineering component or it's very loose and liberal in the arts, um, so many people, I mean, prob probably 75% plus of people conduct creative actions, habits on a daily basis. And again, I think a successful society uh, depends on it. Um, if you want to see growth and you want to see uh, I mean, everything from happiness to hope to just flourishing families. And um, yeah, so I agree. I 100% agree. My, my, my business partner will love that I said this, but creativity will never be automated. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, you know, it, it is a personal yep. journey. And that's why I think it's, you know, like, I, you know, I'm lucky to be able to talk to people like you or athletes that we work with that really, you know, promote this idea that creativity is such a beneficial component to us as humans, you know, mm -hmm. and, and how, how it does change us. And, you know, for the, you know, obviously I'll say for the better, I'm, I'm an optimist and, 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 and I believe that, that it does. And I, it's just, I, I think that people like you, you know, I, I say this a lot when I talk to people on the podcast, but I, I do think people like you are inspiring because I think sometimes people look at military and they, you know, they're, they're rigid and they're, mm -hmm. they're, there's, that's what they do. It's kind of like athletes, you know, it's athletes are just athletes and that's, but th there's just that thinking. And you, you said that creative thinking, we all have that. Most of us just stop. That's always the thing to me. It's, you know, like you said, you were a kid, you drew, people saw, you know, saw that in you but you chose to do it too. Like that at the end yes. of the day, like I had the same thing. Like I was a kid that I had that same, you know, thing where teachers always encouraged me to be creative, but I was an athlete. I still did it, but it was like, it was a weird balance because 
Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. time when yeah. I was growing up is like, you're one or the other. And it's still that way, kind of. But Good I think degree. it's changing, yeah. changing a lot. And, and, but I, th- you know, at the end of the day, like you still chose to do it, which I think, you know, kudos, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, because yeah. I, you know, like you didn't have yeah. to do that. I mean, again, like, I think that we all should do creative stuff. And again, I think sometimes people assume that creativity is picking up a pen or painting and that's it. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, the creativity is limitless. Like you can sit on your yeah. computer and write music. Like you can pick up a pen and write a poem. Like you can dance. You can like, what, like, what do you think is creative? And I always think it's important to try to, when you, when we try to bring creativity to people in general, find something you're interested in because I want you to enjoy it. And, yeah. And, well, and, and also, but, but also too, right? Like that is the only way it's going to come across as genuine, because if you do anything else, you're, you risk, you, you run the risk of being an imitation of somebody else. And, and now granted social media kind of, um, I, I, there, I think there are a lot of duplicates out there, uh, which is just the nature of, you know, when you, when you flood the playing field, you're just going to have yeah. saturated quality. But, but um, I, I think what really encourages me is, is the fact that like, and I'm not saying this in, in a prideful way, but like, I don't know of anybody else that does like that is, that is currently actively doing what I do, uh, which is really neat because um, it allows me to really exploit this niche that, that exists uh, where, you know, there's an intersect between military and, and art. And, uh, and most people are like, for one, don't, don't realize that exists. And then their curiosity is peaked because, you know, it's like less than 1% of the American population is currently serving and so there's 99 percent of people in america right now not to mention the world who are like wow i wonder what it's like to be in the military and then ta-da here's my work that can kind of give a peek to that right yeah um didn't you say didn't you sorry to interrupt but didn't you say you are currently the only one so so there's technically two of us okay it's um there's is a full bird colonel uh who is going to retire soon um but he's He's a not just in rank, but in his like perspective and vision for the program, uh, he's a little bit above me. I'm I'm probably uh, like the grassroots representative, where it's like I'm actually the one going to the field. I'm actually the one who's trying to put pen to paper on a on a regular basis. Um, he um, is actually working on his um, MFA up at Hartford um, on illustration. And I, I think so. Mike Fay, that's where Mike got his MFA at. Uh, I'm not sure about Mumford. Um, but uh, anyway, well-known place. Well, Mumford's fact, an I, interesting one because he's not military. So, correct. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, how, like, I can't imagine the, the the loopholes he had to go through to get over there. I mean, I assume that that's yeah. a difficult, I think he was, I think he did four. So, yeah, four so, so early on, I, I yeah, I don't know the details of, of his um, career experience, but I, I do know that uh, in the early 2000s, kind of when the war kicked off, um, there was not a whole lot of um, vetting being done on reporters and, and all the civilians that were embedding. So he, he probably, you know, flooded in with everybody else who was, you know, trying to trying to get their piece of the reporting pie. Um, and uh and I'm going to introduce somebody else here. Uh, his name is Richard Johnson. Um, oh, yeah, he yeah. is 
Yeah, you know of him? Yeah, I don't know him, but I know of him. Yeah. Oh, dude, his work is phenomenal. So, so when I found out about the combat art program, Richard Johnson became my new Robert Bateman, and and I, <laughs> I mean, like if you go, so newsillustrator.com is his website. It, like his website is just it's 100 his field sketches, and I cannot brag enough on this guy. Um, it, his stuff is just amazing, particularly because it is 90, 90% of his work. And I kid you not is done from, from observation. And, and he does very, very little touch-ups after the fact because he genuinely believes in, uh, being able to capture, uh, the essence of the scene, um, from, from drawing what you see. Now, the, the cool thing about all this is my first deployment, uh, in spring of 2018, I got to embed with the unit uh, that was already deployed uh, and we kind of got an invitation to be like, Hey, they're going to be, you know, swinging into uh, some ports in Africa. They're going to do some training there. Uh, do you want to join them? And my first response was heck yes. Uh, the, the second question, and this was, this was in a conversation with the deputy director of the national museum of the Marine Corps. And, uh, and he's like, okay, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some options. Who would you like to go with you as your deployment partner? Would you like Richard Johnson or Victor Hughes? Both individuals I respect ridiculously, and both of them are civilians. Um, but I mean, without hesitation, and I love Vic, but without hesitation, I was like, I want Richard because his work, because <laughs> his work is just so much in line with what I want to kind of be. Um, and so, without hesitation, was like, hey, I'm Richard. I wanted to pull with Richard, and so that started a very uh, awesome, awesome opportunity to be mentored by the person who I secretly adored. Right. And so, uh, and what's great is he's, he's probably, um, I don't know, third. No, he's not. He's, he's maybe 25 years ahead of me, 20, 25 years ahead of me. Um, and, uh, and so he's got a ton more experience. Um, but like Mumford, he, he was early on. In fact, um, when the Marines were sitting on the border of Kuwait, waiting for uh, the first insert uh, in 2003, he was embedded with those Marines. And so like when they got the signal and they, they went um, at midnight or wherever it was, he was with them and, and he embedded for four or five, six months at a time. And so uh, similar to Mumford, um, in fact, Victor's in a kind of a similar boat, um, all three of these guys being civilians, because they kind of cut their teeth early on uh, in the the actual Iraq war um, that happened, they have kind of earned a reputation, not so much by name, but just by credibility and them having have been there, done that. And so um, 2018, 2019, uh, when Richard kind of unofficially became like my deployment partner. So every time we would go, um, he, he would go with me. And it happened to work out in this case because uh, when we would embed, I served as the less experienced artist, but and and he carried the bulk of the talent and the skill, but I carried the uniform and the rank, and he and he was the civilian kind of leaning on me. So we leaned on each other when it came to like getting access to certain places. You know, um, like I had like because I understood the Marine Corps, I had a little bit of rank. I could kind of walk up and be like, hey. Um, I, I'm tracking, you know, I looked at the, the run roster. I'm tracking you guys are going on a convoy tomorrow morning. Um, who do I need to talk to to make that happen, right? Go talk to Gunner Sergeant, whoever, uh, and then <clears throat> make that happen. And I was able to, to kind of talk us both into that. And so, um, it, it, and then, you know, while we're sitting there, both drawing somewhat of the similar scene, um, he, he very much owned the opportunity to mentor me and kind of coach me along. So, I mean, it's priceless that he would come look over my shoulder and he would just kind of pause me and be like, Hey, what are you, what are you doing right here? Like, I don't, I don't see what you're trying. And I would try to explain to him. He's like, no, 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 no. This is what you need to do. And then it would just like click. And it's like, 
being around this guy was like, I mean, you, you it has you're to be really like weird to sessions. be like in, in a combat setting and basically being in art class. I mean, in some ways that's what, you know, like him, him teach, like being a mentor, but it's still like being a teacher. Like that has to be like wild. Right. I mean, like I'm, it's, it's <laughs> definitely unique. It's definitely unique. Um, but it's, you know, and, and you know, for all intents and purposes, like you know, we've never been in a situation where bullets are falling over our heads. So let's just be that clear. Right. Um, but um, we have been in vehicles and been uh, in places that are outside the wire where it's considered dangerous um and uh we have heard some gunfire off in the distance and so it's it's a it, there's a little bit of caution but it's you know i mean the the military does such a good job of of you know putting margin around the risks uh and and understand very, putting safety pretty pretty high up on the the um the planning uh scheme so it, it's it's really it's really not uh, as tense as it may seem right. now um Richard, I do believe, has been um, been exposed to some live fire situations, uh, maybe even some RPGs. Don't hold me to it, but he, he's kind of he shared a little bit about all that. Um, and, and and even if not, again, what's great about Richard, and you can see this on on his website, is um, he has experienced some very heavy emotional things. Um, case in point, and it's one of my favorite sketches he has uh, is. Um, this convoy, I don't think he was on it, but this convoy had just come back into the FOB and, uh, and they had, uh, one of the vehicles had taken an IED and they had taken a casualty. And, um, and one of the more senior guys in the group, when they came back in, kind of peeled away and, you know, went around a corner and just sat down and, and just had to cry for a little bit. Um, and, uh, and Richard respecting the space, but also just wanting to capture this raw moment, kind of snuck around and find a, found a way to, to draw this guy experiencing his emotions. And he does such a good job of just communicating that through his artwork. And, you know, you can't tell that he's crying, but I mean, his head is hanging low, his, his, his face is in his hands. Uh, he looks dirty and mired. Um, just his, his posture, he captured his posture so well and, it, and everything's communicated through that. Uh, and, I, and, and, and I want to be able to do that. That's kind of my ultimate goal. Just a quick reminder, make sure to stop by CJ's site on Instagram at cjbauman underscore art. Also a reminder to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. You can follow us on all of our social media platforms or check out our websites. Now back to CJ. what I was going to ask you next kind of because you said you started out you know doing like animals you know like where you kind of grew up is is that something you know I don't want to project 10 years down the road but you know like maybe 10 years down the road like where do you see yourself like are you still I mean are you still planning on being in the military like like what how much longer active duty do you have like and then after that time, are you know, are you planning on still really pursuing the combat artist route, or you know, when you leave, are you going to like think about changing, like, in in, in exploring different ideas? I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, I wrestle with it every day. <laughs> um, I uh, so no doubt art is a part of me, and, it, and I'm I'm going to express it till the day I die. Um, in what way? I don't know. 
um, if money was not a concern, um, I, I would, I would, when the military is over, um, I would like to probably get into like landscape painting, uh, because nice. I, because I really enjoy the outdoors. And for a lot of the reason that, that a lot of planner painters say, right, yep. you can get out, you can get on your own, you just get to experience nature. And then you get to just mix paint and paint a painting and like, and that could potentially sell, like who wouldn't want to get paid and who wouldn't want to call their <laughs> office space, like some place in the backwoods, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, ideally, right. Ideally I'd love to be a, a you know, a full-time ultimately professional planner painter. Yep. Um, and I know that's boomed um, in the past couple of years. And so competition is, has spiked. Um, and my, I don't know, I, I just, I, I, I'm still figuring it out, but, uh, but I do enjoy doing that um, for as a genuine uh, personal enjoyment. Um, I've never sold a planner painting. Uh, I don't ever expect to in the near future uh, anyways, for will. as long as I'm focusing on what, well, but I, well, I, I say that in light of, because, you know, I've uh, married, got three kids yeah. relatively <laughs> young. So like life is very busy right now. And I'm, uh, you know, I wrestle with guilt sometimes when I want to peel away and go do art and I feel like I'm having to give up all this family time and, it, and it's um and man talk talk about some like real hard decisions <laughs> because it's you like I can't deny that uh the urge to want to create and the urge to want to sit down and and put these uh thoughts and ideas onto paper somehow um is competing with things that I know are important and gonna outlive me like it's great to think my art's gonna outlive me but like my kids and investing in them and and building a legacy in them and loving my wife and maintaining a healthy marriage like those will always be above my my priorities for art um but sometimes emotionally they you know they um they beg for first place uh they and they fight for it so it's rough it's a deadly battle um it's, it's interesting that like when i look at like, I'm, you know i scroll i'm i've been scrolling through um images while we talk while we're talking and stuff and thinking about like there's this i think this is yours well this is an interview there's an image that you have where there's one two three four five five marines in kind of a grassland or grass okay. field, like kind of a landscape like um, walking away yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and that's, that's and, an old one <laughs> yeah it, but it's interesting to think about that image as a landscape because it truly is like a landscape. There's just figures in it. And so yeah. like, I, like, so, I think that there is, there's something in your work that still has you in it, you know? Like, yeah. So, so let me, sorry, before I no, forget go this. For it. So, so um, what I have been thinking about, and, and, and I'll be honest, I'm a little, I'm a little scared to kind of go this direction um, with my art because I just don't know if it's going to work, but um, I have this idea of like, okay, I've got this interest in planar painting. I like observational drawing, sketching, and, and I like the fact that it's military. No one's saying I can't co complete that triangle, right? No. So what, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm trying to think of, um, uh, Mike Fay was one of the people who told me drawing from life is the best way to learn just how to see. Um, but uh, like, like- <laughs> I love that. Which, I, yeah. I'm, which is so, it's so like cliche, but it's, it's 100% true. Um, and, and, I, and I think uh, I got lucky enough to kind of interview, there's a guy named Joe Paquette um, and phenomenal planner painter, very, very well known uh, and well-established. And he kind of told me, he's like, you know, if you want to understand true color and you want to understand things like atmosphere perspective and, and putting depth in your 
your artwork based off of um, hues and values and stuff. Drawing from life and painting from life are number one. It takes a lot of energy and takes a lot of effort, but that is the fastest way you're going to grow in the fundamental components that matter the most. And, and I have seen that. I can attest to that when it comes to drawing because drawing from life, when I was forced you know, I was, I was a square peg being forced into a round hole. Um, but when Mike pushed me into that and forced me to start working from life, and then Richard came up behind that and did that to me when we were deploying, I, I kid you not, like even I noticed a difference from my drawings in 2017 and, and you know, my attempt to draw from life and my drawings now um, having three, you know, three deployments under my belt and having really embrace this idea of drawing from life and that really being the only true way to grow. Uh, that has just really pressed me into um, being a better artist. But to, to your original point, it's like, there's nothing saying that I couldn't do a, you know, majestic, whatever, dramatic landscape, but then put like a little bit of a military spin on it. And, yep. and it just, it sounds so strange, but it probably <laughs> only sounds that way because it hasn't been created and we don't have anything to look at and like actually experience that exchange, you know? Um, well, that one, that image that I'm, I was talking about, it's like a, it's a really beautiful image. And you, you know, again, you talked about like emotions, uh, you know, being mm -hmm. there and you know, like, you can tell, like you can feel that, that kind of emotion of that image, but it's still like a beautiful landscape, you know, like, and that's what yeah. I think is really interesting when you talk about landscapes and thinking about, you know, plain air and, and, and being there and seeing it, it's, it's in there and it just doesn't mm -hmm. happen to be in the forefront because it's obviously like we're looking at it with, with the figures because that's, that's kind of the emotion. That's kind of the, the, why you're there, there, you know, and, yeah. And, yeah. but if you like remove that, stuff like it's it's it is like it's exactly what you're talking about in terms of like plain air plain, painting or drawing and mm -hmm. so i find mm -hmm. it like really interesting that it's it's kind of it's kind of it within your work anyways yeah yeah well it's you know and, and kind of tying something back you were talking about earlier it you know in, in the in the marine corps specifically we have what what we call a bias for action right so it's just this idea of like we all have biases and, and in the Marine Corps, like we want you to think, we want you to have critical, you know, uh, problem solving skills, but we also want you to act, right? Because time is of the essence and, and you know, the list goes on, but essentially um, action, well, let's put it this way. You can, you can have a great idea, but if you don't act on it, it doesn't mean squat, right? It doesn't mean anything. Um, and the contrary is you could have an 80% idea. And if you act on it, you can at least modify it as it unfolds. And so this idea of having a bias for action, I found really does apply to this idea of being an artist, particularly when it comes to like expressing yourself, because, you know, we can, um, Stephen, Stephen Pressfield uh, is a pretty well-known um, historical fiction military author, uh, but he's got a couple of nonfiction books. And one of them um, is called The Art of War. Or maybe it's the war of art. It, it's it's one of those. Like I can't remember, but I, I, uh, I was mentioned that. in one of your. It was yeah. yeah so I, I think it was. I think it's war of art. I think it's because I. I think it is. I thought that art. I thought it was mm -hmm. interesting that it was reverse of what I've always heard art of war. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But well, so the key thing in in his book is he talks about this this idea of resistance, uh, and it's like for every good thing we want to do, for everything that it really is deep down 
passionate that wants to flow out of our heart and our intentions and our mind and our being um, is going to have some resistance to it, whether it's from that, from its, whether it's from ourselves um, because of fear or because of, you know, a number of other emotions or from the outside realm of other people telling they don't, you know, they don't believe in you or um, whatever. Uh, and so when, when you, when you recognize that no matter what you do, there's always going to be resistance. Right. And, and I, I think of, I mean, how many times do we experience this in the day, right? My alarm, my alarm goes off in the morning. I get up to shut it off. And in that moment, the resistance of, because I set my alarm on purpose, knowing I wanted to get up and go to the gym and do X, Y, Z. But the resistance literally is, is as soon as I'm awake, it's there. Uh, and it's that, hey, you don't really need to do this. If you just push snooze, you can go back to that warm, cozy bed for just another five minutes and, uh, and, 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 and you'll be good. You'll be fine. And, and of course, if you give into that, it's a slippery slope. And then before you know it, you never get around to what doing what you wanted to do. And then you're just, you know, then you just feel like a dirtbag for the rest of the day and you beat yourself up. Um, so it's this idea of like, just acting, ju just, just do it. Just, even if it's not perfect, just do it. Um, and I say all that because what I found was when I started carrying around a sketchbook with me, um, I, I, I just finished up being an instructor for three years um, as a, uh, as a warfighting instructor at the basic school. And so while I was there, you know, every time we go to the field, it kind of builds up, right? There's classroom instruction. We do some kind of dynamic exercises and then we go to the field for a week or two um, to exercise practically what we've learned. And while I'm out there, I would tuck a sketchbook up underneath my flak jacket. And every time I got a chance or there was a break in me teaching, I'd pull that thing out and just draw, even if it wasn't complete, even if I knew it was going to be quick and fast, I just, I drew just to try to build a habit of putting pen to paper. And what I found was that uh, my list of excuses started to dwindle because I started to prove to myself that those were invalid excuses for not doing art. But also what I found was that in trade for that, as my excuses declined, my skill actually was improving with those with those small incremental practices. Um, and, I, and I heard you mentioning before just this idea of practice and it, and it sounds cliche, but like, that's what it boils down to is just practice. And, and it's, you know, pe people have, you know, some people say like perfect practice equals perfect execution, practice, wh whatever, however you want to look at it. I do think there is some value in like, you have to practice with purpose. Uh, you can't just practice for the sake of practicing. I think you, I think you lose a lot of potential there, but if you practice on purpose, uh, in my case, practice something very specific, whether that be, okay, I'm going to focus on proportion or I'm going to focus on perspective or I'm going to focus on value or whatever. Um, as long as you do that and, and I would add, and the military is really big about this. So I've, I've learned a lot about this uh, just through my Marine Corps experiences. Uh, we, we, in the military, we do what's called after action reports, which is essentially you go do an exercise and when it's all said and done, hey, everyone comes around the table and we just go around the horn and say, okay, what is one thing you saw we did good or bad? Why did we do it that way? And then what's your recommendation moving forward? And, and there's nothing saying you can't do that to yourself. And so a lot of times I'll, I'll go to the field, you know, drawing, whatever. And then when it's all said and done, I'll step back and I'll be like, man, that looks like crap. And it's like, well, I'm not going to beat myself up, but here's what I messed up. And, and I conduct that little internal after action close enough to the event that I can actually break down my thought process. So I can say that, okay, when I was drawing his flag jacket, I was doing good proportions here. But when I got up to his chin and his nose, I made his nose too long. And then I misjudged it here. And then it screwed everything up. Right. So I can, I could kind of break that down. And I just, and, and just doing that 
helps me, that really does kind of help chip at the marble block a little bit more so that next time you go at it, you're just that much more in tune to not making that mistake again. I think Kathleen Dunphy uh, is the one that says it, but essentially um, when you go out and you practice painting or practice drawing or, or really, I guess, practicing anything, it, it's, not, it's not so much that you're getting better, um, it's that you're learning to make less mistakes. Uh, and, and so, you know, may, maybe that's one and the same, but if you look at it that way, it's like, as long as you're reflecting on where you were last time and you don't do it again, like that's gross. But that's, right? yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the, you know, like one of the many things that we talk about that connects all these, you know, that being a military personnel or an athlete that, that comes into like, right. Athletes and military personnel, they practice or exercise however you want to say it like why do we not talk about creativity in the same manner you know mm -hmm. i mean it's it's really mm -hmm. interesting I mean, like and the other thing that you were saying that kind of like struck a chord to me um it, it's been something i've been talking to my students about and i totally forgot what it was <laughs> but it's it i mean it is something that i do talk to my students about in in regards to the practice oh it was the, it was energy it's like that you know like that idea that like if you sit down and start drawing, like if you're tired, like you get energized, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's really mm -hmm. interesting. It's like, instead of picking up a soda or caffeine, sit down and draw for 20 minutes and like, just notice how everything yeah. picks up. Uh, so case in point, right? Like um, occasionally I'll take on commission projects and um, you know, I, I bite the bullet and just say, I, I, the only hours I have are when the kids go to bed. I kid you not. I have had more 1am, 2am just wide open focused energy because I'm sitting down doing artwork than I have anything else. And yep. like, I can very easily, you know, get to my drawing table, throw on my headphones uh, and I'll get started at like seven or 8 PM. And I mean, I can blink twice, sip a little bit of coffee and I look over and it's like 1 AM and I'm like, what the heck? I got to go to work tomorrow. Like I got to shut the, you know, uh, but it's, but it's just great that like, I can do that so detached from time and so detached from the pressure of that. And Oh, by the way, like, like this has fueled me, right? Like I'm just, I'm feeling great. Yep. Uh, and I love it. I love it. And, and to me, that just reaffirms the fact that like, Hey, you are where you need to be. You're doing what you need to be doing. Uh, and you are expressing yourself the way that, uh, that you're intended to get were designed. To. And I think it's, it just reaffirms that, you know, like creativity. I mean, it's not a magic pill. If you do it, mm -hmm. like there's so many benefits to this. I mean, yeah. again, like I, you know, talking about the practice or the exercise component, it's like, we mm -hmm. talk about exercising the body all the time, obviously like, and it's good for you. Don't get me wrong, but like, we don't talk about exercising this and creativity is such a great way. And it's like, why don't we talk 100%. about this more? Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, yeah. one of the things I always like to ask people and we've kind of touched on, I think some, some people that maybe are inspiring to you, but like, who are like, who are some, and it doesn't have to be artists. It doesn't have to be like, maybe it's a musician, maybe it's an athlete, maybe it's, you know, like a, a former teacher, but like, who are some of the people that are inspiring to you? Like, in you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I would say the Mike phase and the, the Richard Johnson's have got to be in there, but. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's, maybe those are the ones, but it, like, yeah, I mean, I, I've got uh, so so Richard Johnson uh, when it comes to the art field, um, and particularly being like the most intimate, um, like he, he, I mean, I genuinely consider him, him a friend, uh, and 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 he would probably say the same. I mean, we send Christmas cards to each other, like you know, like we he's 
he's he's stayed over at my house a couple of times when we're when we're doing like cross country uh, trips and stuff. And so um, so it, it's 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 unique. And I love the fact that he's just like older than me. But it's so funny when we deploy, like we pick on each other and like we're always telling jokes. It's it's great. Um, but uh, Richard, yeah, Richard is probably one of my my biggest mentors. And and the beautiful thing about it, and this is this is a little bit off topic, but like he is um, he's he holds some different views, um, different worldviews, different political views, whatever. Um, and, and you would think like in a time like this, those are just like, oh my gosh, how could you be around someone like that? Art, like art has a way to help us like put that aside and, and even like joke about the differences and still like be able to be around each other. It's, it's just great. Like we're able to be civil despite, you know, whoever's in office or whatever. And, and it's just, and it, that's just, and I give credit, I give personal credit to that uh, for art because we can always come back to, to the common ground. Uh, and, and because of that, you know, that turns otherwise that contentious topic into like something we can jest about, which, which is just great. And that's, man, we need more of that in our country. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what Nick goes without saying, um, but you know, the, the other, the other thing I was to do, and this is, this is cliche, sure, whatever, but I mean, I'd say the other person, um, if, if, if I only had a narrow down to two, cause there's a lot, uh, would, would be like my wife. Um, I mean, she's like, she's just such a huge supporter of me and, and she's always encouraging me and she doesn't have a lick of art talent in her at all. Um, but, <laughs> yes, she but, does. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, I could teach her to draw. I'm working on it. Um, but, uh, but she, um, but she's just always so encouraging and she's always, um, just, you know, and, and she's encouraging me, not just in the things that I've done, but in the things like I want to do. And she's, and she's not afraid to hold me in check. So like, if I'm doing something stupid or if like, if I'm letting my emotions kind of carry me too much in the wrong way, she's, she's my sensible commentary that comes in and be like, Hey, I understand, but like, let's just make sure we're thinking through this. Um, and, uh, and she has saved me from many heartaches when it comes to, um, you know, like I'll take on some commissions or whatever. And I'm trying to like manage out my time and, and, uh, and she'll be like, CJ, are you sure you can do this? Like, let's, let's think about this, right? Like you've got this, this, and this coming up. You need to, you know, like, I really don't think you can do it. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, I just obviously love her to death, but she's just, she is, she truly is, um, a, a just an invaluable life partner, um, and just such an encourager and such a friend. And she, and she really does just respect and value and, uh, admire the talent that the Lord has given me. And, and I, and that, that means a lot, right. For, for me as a husband to just kind of get that praise and encouragement from her, like. I have done things that I otherwise wouldn't have because of her encouragement. So it's great. Um, And then, you know, there's, there's a bunch of other professional people that I haven't met uh, that I really admire. Um, Joe Paquette, Kathleen Dunphy. um, uh, Yeah, there's a handful of them, but I I think um, it's good. It's good to find people. So, so I actually, and and, uh, I don't remember exactly what you said, but I I do want to, say something kind of to the audience and, and just to myself again, because it's a good reminder is that we have to remember um, that the art creating art, being creative, practicing creativity is, is about the journey, not necessarily the outcome, because if we get too focused on the outcome, you, it is too freaking easy to get sucked into the comparison game. And, and there are a lot of talented people out there, um, but we also live in an age where like Photoshop exists, right? And 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 so like and and 
you know, whether it's uh, without going down a rabbit hole, like it, it is, we just have to remember that when you do art, you should do art for yourself first um, and do it because you enjoy it and do it because it feeds you and do it because it is genuinely coming from a place of passion uh, and um, an interest. And then when people like it, that's just kind of icing on the cake. You know, don't, don't necessarily create art just because you're fishing for likes or fishing for compliments. Cause you're going to, you're going to, you're going to suck yourself dry and, it, and you're going to, I think you're, I think that's how people turn genuine interests into miseries. Yeah, I, um, I always say it's, it's about the process, not the piece Yeah, 100%. because it is like that experience of, of the making that, mm-hmm. that that's where all the good stuff happens <laughs> personally. Yeah. I mean, like truly, like I think, it is, you know, like the piece, the piece is the icing on the cake too, I guess. And, you know, like mm-hmm. whether it's good or not, I, I always, I, I try to, in my head and actually how I teach, I always try to tell students, just think about everything you do as a sketch, because then it takes that pressure of trying to make this masterpiece, which doesn't even exist. That's not even like something that's re- like, other people will tell you it's a masterpiece. It's not up to you to tell yourself it's a masterpiece. So it's yeah. about the process. It's about like understanding why you're doing doing stuff and about the the health benefits of of why you're doing that stuff. And yeah. you know, it's again, I, I we're lucky because we get to do this kind of for a living in some respects. Like I, you know, I'm an artist. I teach art, but like I tell people, it's like you don't have to be a professional artist. Like that's not what this is about. Like it's just that act that, that process of doing of creating that is just good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just good. And and it's, and and so on the heels of that, the last thing I wanted to cap on and, and really kind of ties a lot of all this together that I learned. um, So it was just really cool how, for me, a lot of these things kind of culminated, which was, uh, when I kind of realized how important it was to draw from life, uh, when I realized that uh, because you were alive and because you could easily carry a sketch pad um, and because you have a life, like you can draw pretty much any time. Um, and then the idea of like growth just comes with like, there's, there's no way around it. Like you, you just have to put pen to paper and you have to build the mileage in order just to get better. Right. And, and even, even if you're, uh, even if like the subtle goal is that you want to be like considered a professional one day, again, like, just like you train and run a marathon, you, you have to start with step one. Um, and, uh, and so my encouragement to, to the audience, and again, a reminder to myself is just this idea that like, you can draw, you can sketch, you can practice, you can express, um, create art, whatever. Um, you can do that no matter where you are. Right. So, and, and, and like, let me be a prime example because, most people would say like, oh, yep, I'm in the military. I'm, I'm like, and during the normal work day, I'm wearing uniform and I'm out doing whatever I'm doing. And, and so like, you can't take a sketchbook there. Like you can't take a camera there. Like, what are you doing? Well, who said you can't, right? And then, and, and, I, and I think that there's even a little bit of fun for me in trying to figure out how I can blend those things together. Um, and so I'm like, for example, I'm about to, I'm, I'm kind of in school right now. I'm about to head back to, uh, to the fleet, to the, um, and, uh, very likely going to be, be with a unit that's on a deployment rotation. And so my complete intent is to carry a sketchbook with me, ride along with my, my, my calendar and my notebook. Um, and anytime I get a chance, uh, pull out my sketchbook and, and just, and just build on that. And, you know, people are probably going to give me some weird looks at first. Uh, but, 
over time when they kind of get to know me and they know what I'm doing and they've seen my work and they, you know, it'll just become normal. It'll just become like, Oh, that's CJ. That's what he's doing. And as long as I can fulfill my primary duties, um, I think, I think carrying that sketchbook and doing that art really then turns into a compliment to everything else you're doing rather than like you feeling pressure to choose between one or the other. And so, so my encouragement to, to, to everybody is that, you know, if you work in an office space, and you just have this passion to draw, um, then, and, 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 you know, you're normally given like an hour lunch break. How about you start making your lunch, bring your lunch to work, go outside on the, on the, on the beautiful days, find a park bench and just draw, right? Draw what you see, draw the park, draw the lamp in the park. I don't care. Just draw where you are and just do what you can, because here's the thing, right? Excuses are never going to go away. They're never going to, they're never going to bend a knee and bow and say, Oh, you know what? Okay, fine. Like we're done. Like, no, they're always going to be there telling you you're too tired. There's too much going on. You don't have time, whatever, whatever. Um, and, and you like, there's, there's a little bit of like, if you want this, like you've got to fight for it. There, there's a there's a little bit of contesting that goes on because, um, like, you know, I, I, there's kind of like, there's two, there are two halves of me, right? The, the one half of me wants to like, wants to create art, wants to be passionate, wants to be a free spirit. And the other half of me is like, well, like, let's be safe. Like, let's just make sure we think through it. Da, da, da. And a lot of times in my head, like they're barking at each other. And sometimes <laughs> I just had to be like, 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 shut up, CJ, we're going to do this. I don't care if you're tired, like just do it. Right. And there's some of the military that, you know, like having discipline and doing things, you don't feel you know, whatever. <laughs> there's a lot of overlap there, but uh, case in point is that I, I don't care where you are. If like, I, I bet you, I could be a construction worker. I could be a teacher. I could be, uh, I mean, I'm a Marine. I could be, um, I mean, you name it. And, and I could, I could take a sketchbook wherever I'm going and show you that there is time to sketch or there's time to draw. Now, if for some crazy reason there is not right. And you're allowed to then carry a, carry a camera, carry a camera. And this is Richard Johnson. Everybody has a phone. Yeah. Right. T take, take your camera, snap a couple pictures of whatever it is you want to draw. Um, don't let that be your primary method. Um, you always want to draw from life if you can. Right. But, but if, if, if all you can do is take a picture, take that picture. And then as soon as you can, ideally within the same 24 hour period, so that you're still connected emotionally to what you saw and felt in the moment, then try to draw it from, from, from your phone. Um, but it, it just, just the simple act of putting pen to paper, pencil to paper, paint to canvas. Uh, there is something magical for lack of better words uh, that happens. And, and it is, I would, I think you and I would agree and, and that it, it, it is even necessary uh, for just the mental stability, mental health, spiritual wellness of people. And I think if more people would embrace that again, if only for the purpose of the process rather than the, the product, I think that would do tenfold benefit to, to so many components of our livelihood. hundred percent. I want to end on that, but, but I do want to like ask, do you know where you're going soon? Or um, I don't know that I'm, I'm, I'm actually waiting for orders, okay. um, but um, I, I think uh, it's, it's either going to be out to Pendleton um, camp Pendleton in California or down to Camp Lejeune in North Carolina, okay. both opportunities uh, to deploy. Um, I have not been to California. I'd like to get out there. Um, and in fact, if I do get out there, I know, uh, Kathleen Dunphy, one of the artists I mentioned, uh, she's a planner painter out there. Um, oh, I'm cool. actually going to try to probably jump on one of her workshops since I'm just going to be a couple hours away. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, don't know yet, but either way, I mean, 
my intent is to keep drawing and to keep sketching and to yep. keep creating artwork that reflects my personal experience, my lens of the Marine Corps, um, and uh, and hopefully kind of bridge the gap between people who haven't served and who are curious about that, and people who, um, you know, I get I get comments from uh, civilians, veterans, and active duty alike who are just like, man, this is great, you know, this is so cool. I can I can see this in your drawing. I can tell he was hot and sweaty, or I can yeah. tell whatever. Uh, and that's and that's really cool. That and that kind of assures me that um, that I'm on the right track. Yep. Yeah. Maybe just one last question, just because you were mentioning places and you have in some capacity traveled the world. Like what is, what is, and this is like maybe more of the fun question. Yeah. Um, what is like the, the, the most interesting place that you've been? Um, and it maybe, maybe it inspired a different way of seeing, um, you know, like what we were talking about, how mm-hmm. Mike, because Mike Faye talks the way I talk, like it's such an important thing as a creative person to start looking and paying attention and seeing yeah is there yeah. is there a place that like stands out that um there, there was never a place that like you know struck a chord and changed my perspective dramatically I and mean, they each influenced me so, so i've been to i've been to africa i've been to east africa i've been to norway um and then i've been to iraq uh, and kuwait yep. and then um and then all my other practice was actually when i was an instructor here in virginia um, just in the, in the woods of Virginia. And, and if you've ever been, or if you've seen pictures, I live in um, Richmond. <laughs> oh yeah. Then yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, I'm just an hour North of you. Yep. Um, yeah. You're in Quantico area, right? That's right. Yeah. And, and, and so, I mean, the, you know, the, they call it the Quantico highlands uh, and yep. it's just, it's wooded forests. And yep. so um, it's really neat uh, that I've kind of gotten to like be in the desert, be in kind of the icy cold tundra, um, be in um, another kind of desert, uh, and, and just and just really see how, you know, because because those environments affect the subject matter as well, right? Hundred percent. And so and so I'm I'm it's forcing me to read the subject matter a little bit differently and try to interpret what what they're experiencing and how do I you know how do I figure to to then draw that, um, and uh, and so I, I, well so all that being said, I would say that Norway was probably my favorite deployment um simply because it is a beautiful beautiful country like i mean i love america i'm proud to be an american but uh, and i haven't been to all the national parks um but norway is just gorgeous like man it's so pretty and it's so clean yeah it, it, I, I i didn't want to leave it was great yeah. well i again man i you know this has been just really cool and, and and i think it'll be like really interesting for people to hear just a different kind of perspective on creativity from a different from a different place you know yeah and yeah. and i just really appreciate you know your your openness your honesty and i'm really excited you know i love the overlap of people we kind of know too um but yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see like really what what happens in the next 10 years like what how your art changes and um grows or whatever and shifts and, and different stuff. Um, and it's just, it, to me, it's like, I love talking to veterans and or active military that really have such a, a love of creativity and an understanding of how important it is. Because again, mm-hmm. you're a source of inspiration for other military people, but also just, just anybody, you know, yeah. again, because I, I don't think a lot of people would think of active military as somebody is that has a creative passion. And, and I think that that's, that's just really important to like put out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's been, it's been really neat that my artwork, uh, has, 
has brought comments from just friends and peers, has, has been a source of personal enjoyment, but also has, um, has hangs in some pretty prestigious buildings. And, and, and that's not so much like, oh, look at me, it's my work. But just knowing that like, there are people at high enough levels who are actually picking up on the vibes that I'm trying to send through my work, that, they, that they've got it hanging in the Pentagon, have it hanging in, you know, the NATO strike force unit in Portugal, have it hanging in the you know, halls of Quantico or the National Museum of the Marine Corps. Um, and it's, it's, just, it's just neat to know that my art, that me getting to do what I enjoy has an impact to that degree. Um, and it, it's humbling. It, it's humbling and I'm, I'm honored to be able to do that. And it also inspires me to just, just to want to be a better student of art, want to be a better steward of the gift that I have, um, and just continue on this path that just happens to be so enjoyable. So yep. it's great. Yeah. Well, man, uh, thank you. Thank you for, for jumping on. I'm like really uh, glad that Kristen put us in contact yes, and, and like really look forward to, you know, talking more in the future when we get back to the, after the COVID stuff, we do, um, you know, events and stuff and would love to, to get a piece of yours to hang, um, yeah, alongside great. of other, other military people and other athletes that we work with. And because I think it fits right in and, and, but yet takes it in a different direction. And, and I love that. Yeah. So like, that's yeah. so cool. So dude, awesome. thank you. Um, I'll, uh, when, you know, when I get this stuff, uh, put together and, and send, I'll send you some promo stuff and, and we'll promote it. I think probably going to release it uh, March 29th, I believe. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll have like probably a couple little video snippets. I'll just snip out some, some images here as well. I don't know if you've seen mm -hmm. what, what we do like visually mm -hmm. on, on social media, but, um, and, uh, we'll go from there, but like, and, and, and cool. again, like, like with Kristen, like if you can think of anybody else, um, you know, veterans or, or active military, I probably should get Mike on here. <laughs> I haven't talked to him forever. Um, you know, just put us in contact. Cause again, like we just like, we like growing this and, and mm -hmm. really organically. Um, and it's, yeah. it's like super fun for me to just like meet people like you that really do have this really great energy and, and such a, you know, proactive approach to stuff and, and putting out this really optimistic and, and inspiring way of talking about creativity. I like okay. it, man. I like cool. it a lot. Awesome. Well, have a good uh, rest of the day, man. And awesome. You we'll too, up soon. Okay. Great. Right. Thanks, man. Oh. Bye. 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 Really, just such a privilege having CJ on the podcast today. Just truly great hearing his stories, and you know, as always want to say thank you for his service really look forward to seeing his art progress and you know seeing where it goes again make sure to stop by his site on instagram cj bauman underscore art do not forget to listen to the other podcasts we have on the abstract athlete network the abstract doctors with dr g and dr c you can follow us at theabstractdoctors.com or check us out on social media under the abstract doctors and one man's ethos the tony mandridge podcast you can follow us at onemansethos.com or check us out on all of our social media platforms. You can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandrich or on Twitter at Tony underscore Mandrich. And you should make sure you should check out his incredible photographs at TonyMandrich.com. Thank you for listening to the 
Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes. See you next time when we talk with an amazing artist and former competitive Nordic skier, Hannah Hardenberg. Thanks as always, and do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. <laughs>